1: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Landerman. Now, Rob, we just finished our four-episode series for Taga. Yep. I had a lot of fun doing that, so we figured we were done for the week, and then literally the day after we end our stuff for Taga, the game launches
2: official how, game official how ridiculous game, is, is that game. it's launch
1: day yeah.
2: it's 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 like the holidays are here and it's july it's like christmas in july it's there exactly, it is. That's
0: it's exactly super easy. what it
2: is you yeah know, i mean it's it's fpl christmas in july for everyone at home listening thanks for coming and sticking with us waiting that that you know that dormant off season that we have to endure for fantasy uh premier league uh we are here to talk about the official game. Kevin, excited to be here, excited to talk to all the footy fans out there. It's going to be a fun season. You know, you basically have us, since this is the first week of the – You know, since the release date is now, you basically have us from now until May. So um, pull out the extra cot, tell grandma to bake some extra
1: cookies. We're going to be in your living room for a long freaking time. <laughs> and in your brains and, and ears, which may be the more creepy of the two, But we are very excited that the official game is back. When it went under maintenance, I thought it was going to be like last year where it meant there was going to be a whole other day. And like an hour later, all of a sudden, the timeline just started like (laughs) rapidly. Oh my gosh, it's up. This is my number I got. Do do you care at all about uh, Team ID or are you just more worried about what happens at the end of the season?
2: No, it's it's not like there's limited amounts here. I mean, who cares what your Team ID is because you want a low number? This isn't like, you know, the Hunger Games and... (laughs) You're not going to be, you know, you know, you're not going to be, you know, win the, lo- you know, the, the the old short story, the lottery. You're not going to be stoned to death if you have a high number. You have the same contributing winning factor to your team having number 4,364,412 as you do as, you know, 18.
1: Yeah, I largely agree. I do think there is some weird caveat in that it's like the third tiebreak. Um, if you get to that point in like a head-to-head format. But aside from that, yeah, there isn't really much weight that needs to be put into it. I, I feel yeah. like it's a thing that matters more to people in the people, industry than people at home. People, and I feel like a lot of people in the industry fail to recognize that. People have nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> or that it's their jobs of being like, yeah. I got the 78th. And you're like, good, it's your job. You should have been paying attention. Yeah, I mean, uh, But I'm sure the people listening at home, especially here in the States, Like you have people on the West Coast that were waking up. Let's see, it it released around six fifteen ish, I think it was Mm -hmm. local time Eastern. So it's that eleven fifteen a.m. UK, but that's three fifteen a.m. West. Like, yeah. So I would have, I would have been just getting home from drinking, basically, if I lived in 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 Los Angeles. Yeah. So don't sweat it. I I completely agree with Rob. Is it neat? I guess, but it's not necessary in any meaningful way. Um, Big takeaways. For neat. me up front, you huh? you said neat, I'm laughing, it's like having web toes, it's neat. <laughs> it's, it's neato, it's jolly good, sir. So, <laughs> um, the, the big takeaway I got from this immediately, and we'll, we'll get into transfers in a little bit, which is usually how we start, but I just wanted to jump in, as soon as I opened it up, the thing that immediately caught me is that there are eight defenders at 6.5 or more, including yeah. one at seven in Marcus Alonso last year start of the season, only mm-hmm. two players at 6.5, Alderweireld and, Be- and Bellerin, and neither of them were particularly good last year. Alderweireld yeah. was when he was fit, but he still missed like 10 matches. Um, yeah. So what was your initial reaction? Oh, first of all, what was your reaction to the defenders? And secondly, what was the first thing that caught your eye once you got the game up and running? Uh, the first thing I got running on the game was... Uh,
2: Having to re-register and all that stuff—it's weird. It's like you know, like you're taking the SATs, and you got to start circling boxes on the Scantron sheet. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. Um, but yeah, you know, I—I mean, I know we we talked basically all day back and forth about, about things that have that have appeared on the on the official game. But you know, the, the defenders is one thing. Um, I like the new pictures on the the new kits that I haven't seen or or studied exclusively. <laughs> Although they, the they,
1: Southampton they, one is garbage. It just yeah. looks like a bib, and or and or a reverse shitty IX kit.
2: No, it looks like two red. It looks like a white stripe with two guitar picks in the middle of it. Kind of also, bit, yeah, yeah. see the, the the kits, I the kits I enjoy seeing are the are the goalkeepers' uh, yeah. kits because they're different from they're you know they get the long sleeves and they're different colors. Oh, here's another else.
1: one. Like you're just wearing a red T-shirt with a white bib over it. Or like, or like if you're cooking with the uh, oh, that's not a bib. What's that called? Apron. There we go. Apron. Yeah, it's a tuxedo
2: T-shirt with the uh, red and white instead.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah,
2: so but yeah, I the mean, the cheaper you, ones are
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah,
2: totally. I mean, I, I like them. I like the one I'm looking at right now. So, but we'll get into my team later. So, right, right. But but yeah, so sticking with the defenders, as Kevin mentioned, you know, there's there's eight guys over 6.5 compared to to last year. Those two guys who were over that price range didn't finish in the top, you know, eight or nine players. So. Um, there is value and there isn't value to to pricey defenders. Um, I'm just gonna run down some stuff because I, I like dropping, you know, knowledge on on things yeah, yeah. from from la- from last based on last year. So based on last year's scoring, you, you had Gary Cahill in first at 178 points, Marcus Alonso at 177 points, Cesar at 170 points, and then you get a big kind of like a precipice drop to Kyle Walker at 142 points, uh, and then you go to James Milner at 139 points. But I'm going to get back to James Milner because he's a he's a good topic to jump into. Okay. Here. So if you take the top, you know, 178 from Gary Cahill, if you line up his price at 6.5 and you throw him comparatively into where he would rank in midfielder ranks, he'd be the seventh highest scoring midfielder at 6.5. The people that are, are that surround him, Hazard, Erickson, KDB, Sigurdsson, then it'd be Gary Cahill. And then it would be him and Son, and then Philippe Coutinho behind him. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there because people are raging that defenders are too high, too pricey. But the scoring is there to back up the price at a cheaper discount than almost every person I just listed. Okay. Now, comparatively, if you throw Gary Cahill's 170 points into the forward ranks, okay. So basically he's surrounded by Roberto Firmino, Josh King, Sergio Aguero, and Jermaine Defoe at, you know, between 180 and 166 and those four guys I just mentioned.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So – Comparatively, I know that the pricing is cheaper than basically every person I listed except for – yeah, I, I, literally every person I, I've listed. Um, so the points are there to are there to, to gain, but the prices are cheaper. So I'm not saying that the defensive prices are, aren't are crazy because they are crazy because nobody wants to pay 6.5 or 7.0 for, for Cahill or Alonzo. But comparatively, I'm saying that the point difference there can be made up by – the points that are comparing to other positions. When you compare them apples to apples, it doesn't doesn't make sense. But you can kind of compare them apples to oranges, it makes a little bit more sense. Now, getting back to the James Milner thing, now that he's a defender, same thing with Victor Moses, but I'm going to concentrate on Milner because I did more research with him, and Victor Moses is missing the first week anyway, so nobody needs to know about him. Mm-hmm. So so James Milner scored 139 points last year as a midfielder. Okay. Now that he's a defender, if you add the 36 points that he, he would have garnered for a clean sheet – last year from B, for being a defender, plus one point more for being a defender and scoring a goal since he had seven. That's 43 points. Plus his BPS. So we're going to assume that he, he was going to get more bonus points to win because he does have a substantial amount of BPS points that were in his favor. He would have gained 102 bonus points as a defender last year. So you have to figure that he would have probably garnered more player of the matches and such like that. So he would have been at 784 bonus point systems last year. I know this is all crazy numbers, and I'm throwing lots of numbers at you, but that would have been number two overall in bonus points scored for a defender behind Cesar Azpiluqueta. I understand that James Milner is not the greatest player and fantasy asset that you want, but at 6.5, based on what he did last year, given the the opportunity that he could possibly do the same thing, I'm not saying he's going to. I know he may not score seven goals and have two assists, but I'm just saying at 6.5, as a midfielder slash, you know, you know, defender, he could be someone that you know you basically ride your you know ride the saddle with because he is 0.5 less than Alonso, and basically he's going to be doing the same thing but given PKs question mark. Um, so that's my take on defenders right there. I know it's kind of researchy, and I threw a lot ton of numbers out there. And I haven't let Kevin talk in like ten minutes, but uh, he'll he'll probably did you know. Disagree with everything I'm saying, but I'm just—they're just numbers. I'm just throwing—it's the first week. Everybody's got to have some kind of cool research tool to look at, and that's the first thing that—that—that that, that got my research going and my wheels turning—is to look at numbers and and correlate that into fantasy for defenders.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you. It's just surprising that the, the Premier League didn't kind of ease us upwards. Uh, yeah. Because for the last two years, I mean, we've talked about this with, with the uselessness of the all-out attack chip, which we will also mm-hmm. get to. Um, mm-hmm. that defenders were more consistent. Absolutely. Uh, and I feel like these price rises are reflective of that fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is definitely shocking after years of getting good defenders at four five that all of a sudden they're in the fives and five fives. All the really good defenders that used to be sixes are now in the six fives or higher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely shocking at first. I just alluded to a rule change, which is important for us to get to. Uh, we now have a free hit. Uh, option instead of all out attack, which no longer exists. So the free hit, as I read it, is a 15 player, one week loan. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where I think it would probably be best used for blank game weeks where there's mm-hmm. really not great teams or great players available, but you still want to get those, um, uh, those active players in there. Uh, and so basically you just bring them in for a week <laughs> They do their thing and then they disappear forever A question that has not formally been answered yet At least that I've seen Is what happens with your free transfers If you use this Then you don't need to use your free transfer So then after you use this chip Will you actually have two, two. free transfers Or will you just have the one uh, yeah, Hopefully that is question. clarified I do not know at this point <laughs> But it is an interesting option Do you think that this is better than uh, All out attack? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think that you hit it right on the right on the head. I think this is a perfect uh, blank week game when there's only like six or seven teams playing, but you don't or you already used your wild card. So I think it's like another. It's basically almost like a one week wild card that you and then you revert back to you know the original. Uh, The all out attack chip is it's useful but not really. So I mean. Because I, I prefer to have the extra defender in sometimes than forwards because I think, like you said before, they're, they're sometimes more consistent.
1: Yeah, last year, this is not even a joke. Remember how I said I wasn't sure if I was going to even use my all attack chip the last week? You didn't. <laughs> no, I ended up using it, and then one of my midfielders didn't start. Yep. So I ended up using a defender anyway. And I ended up on like 90 points, so it worked out anyway. So, yeah, it, it was not as useful as I think people thought unless you had a trash defense which yeah. is not a particularly good strategy to begin with anyway so uh, no. farewell to the all-out attack chip we barely knew the um, <laughs> welcome to the free hit which is a uh, I think a much better and interesting option I still say and it was it may have been our first ever show when we mm-hmm. found out about the triple captain and I yeah. went on a rant about why isn't it allowing you to double points on three players like that's just initially how I read it like, triple captain as you have, as in you have three captains. Yeah. I'm just saying, FPL, if you want a way overpowered chip and or crisp, <laughs> that's the way I would go there. Um, we mentioned, uh, transfers. We've done this on the Taga shows in a pretty neutral format, but figure we'll just touch on the two big ones this week because in draft, they'll be, they'll be separated by rounds, but here they're clearly separated by price. You have Romelo mm-hmm. Lukaku at 11.5. He's already almost 50% owned. Then you yeah. have Wayne Rooney at 7.5, at 14.6. So we, we, we talked about the real football ram- ramifications for the two clubs on the Taga shows, which you should be sure to go check out if you want more in-depth stuff there. For fantasy, mm-hmm. which of these do you think is a better value? Um, I, I'm going to put this in a fun analogy.
2: Romelu Lukaku is the most popular guy in school, and he's going to win Prom King. Wayne Rooney is the kid who's in band who's – brother you know is you know attached to his hip and they're conjoined twins and they both win that's basically how i'm equating this that's why for fantasy i there's what no does reason that mean? To, there is no reason to it basically lukaku is basically the most popular guy right now because he's the biggest name and he was on the move wayne Rooney, i think at 7.5 is not a fantasy entity so i think he could probably relax on him until we actually see where he's going to play and how often he's going to play for for the toffees
1: okay so you're just saying wait and see because if he starts thirty matches, yeah, at seven point five, he's yeah. going to score goals. Um, obviously he's taken a, a big age regression over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I, it's, I figured I was just going to write him off entirely. But seven okay. five is low enough to <laughs> at least raise an eyebrow for me for now. Yeah. Um, I I agree that the price is intriguing and the name that he has still has a name tagged value. There. Yeah, for sure. Um. Are you intending to have either of them week one? Um, week one, no. Okay, fair enough. I I, I can definitely agree with that. <laughs> the issue with that Lukaku ownership, we've talked about this with you know high price players in the past, is you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If Lukaku starts hot and you haven't had him, now all of a sudden he's at eleven seven. When you're bringing him in, you're already at a disadvantage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, <laughs> conversely, if uh, he starts and does poorly, then his Price is going to drop, and then people will be able to get him in cheaper before he starts being good again. So it just kind of lands on either side. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do think that those are definitely uh, interesting uh, options there. Any other things that you want to talk about before we get into some players that we think are overpriced and or underpriced? Um, I mean, we could talk. Do you want to talk about the uh,
2: the actual bonus point system actually yeah, being explained yeah, yeah. now? Uh, the The conundrum that was trying to figure out what the BPS system, that is the bonus point system in the official game, has actually been listed. You can go to, you you can actually view it for yourself. If you go on the main page where you're looking at your roster, go to help, and then go to scoring, and then scroll all the way down to the bottom, and it basically gives you... All the breakdowns of how the bonus point system is calculated it is no longer a mystery. There is no more Agatha Christie. There is no more, you know, Murder, She Wrote kind of thing going on. You can actually see what it is and calculate it for yourself and follow along. If you have other scoring type formats, you could probably get a better feel for where they are in scoring them. So the bonus point system is now viewable and at your discretion for fantasy. So you can kind of, you know, it does help you a little bit, but I'm not completely sold that it's actually gonna actually be consistently awesome like we you know this the bonus point system isn't um so but yeah take take a gander at it i'm not going to delve into it too much because there's no games that haven't been affected by it yet so i want to see how it actually relates and see if it's actually you know accurate first
1: yeah uh, it'll definitely be interesting but i I think as i said when you mentioned it to me off air uh transparency is rarely a bad thing unless you're Donald Trump's kid. <laughs> 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 that was more political than I wanted to get, but also very much what happened. Yeah. Um so. the the funniest thing to me about that whole part was the New York Times editor. Not editor, the uh, columnist, <laughs> who basically said he'd been working on the story for years. <laughs> and, or not years, but like he'd been working on it for months. <laughs> and then he was like, and then he just tweeted out the evidence. <laughs> like, all that hard work. Very little payoff for him. All right, uh, we are going to take a quick and admittedly early break before we come back, and we're going to talk about overpriced and underpriced players. We don't need to talk about price changes because it's almost everyone. Uh, (laughs) We'll run through quickly our first drafts of the year. Stay tuned.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: And we're back. So, Rob, I figure we'll let you, we'll let you uh, take the lead on this. I've been talking a fair bit of late. Uh, who are some players that you feel are a little overpriced that you're probably avoiding? Maybe not because their ability, but just because the price tag is just a scotch too high.
2: Uh, guys I'm looking at, I mean, some of the guys that you're looking at, they're going to be overpriced. They're probably not going to be owned, and it's an obvious thing. Uh, but guys that jump out to me that are probably overpriced but not really going to be owned too much, and their situations with their teams... They're on bigger teams, so their, their playing time may be you know, questionable at the beginning of the year. I'm, the, I'm squarely looking at Anthony Martial at 8.0 and Raheem Sterling at the same price, 8.0. Um, I don't see any way, shape, or form that I'm remotely even putting them in in my squad, and I don't think many people will, based on what's around them in the midfield ranks. If you look below their price and, and above their price, it, it's kind of a big discrepancy. Uh, of, of talent that I'd want on my team, at least anyway, because I think there, I'd rather I'd rather go for potential as a lower-priced player, you know, like an Andre Ayew, or go above that and, and, you know, be chintzy somewhere else. Um, Martial's playing time is, is you know, a question mark right now. Raheem Sterling's is probably a question mark as well. We don't know how much they're going to play at the beginning of the year. We don't even know if they're going to start at the beginning of the year. Um, another guy I'm probably looking at is, is uh, Lacazette at 10.5. I'm not completely sold that an Arsenal striker at 10.5 is a thr- is a great buy. A, I don't trust a guy who's coming newly into the to the FPL. I just don't. I don't. I know he's got some goal scoring premise behind him. I just don't understand why people are buying into him at 10.5 and saying it's probably a, a, an accurate or a good buy. Um, I'd rather trust a proven commodity in 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 his price range or even above him. Again, the forward ranks are you know are high priced and then low poise, swing and missed. It's going to be tough to get, you know, three forwards in your, your starting roster that are probably nine or above because of the way the pricing is for defenders and the way the pricing is through midfielders that with the, with the names attached to them. Um, so yeah, those are, th- those are three guys I'm looking at right now. Plus all the defenders that you, you don't think that are going to be worth you know, the 6.5, 6.0 and the 7.0 and, uh, just be just be leery about guys with the uh, you know the the triangle with the exclamation point. They there are a lot of guys that are getting some fantasy love already. Victor Moses, uh, Laurent Koscielny, they're both out for the first couple weeks, so keep an eye on that and haphazardly don't add them yet.
1: I like the haphazardly line uh, as Eden Hazard currently has a huge red triangle next to him. Uh, looks like he's going to miss about a month. Is the last time mm-hmm. I saw? Is, is that sound about right to you?
2: Yeah, I've heard I've heard max 6 weeks. Depends on how well he gets into running at full speed.
1: Gotcha. Hey, to ask a question that I annoyingly asked like every other week all of last season. You think Willian or Fabregas gets that slot? Fabregas. Interesting. I think
2: they're I think they're looking more of a facilitator. I think Willian is more of a a closer in the game because I think that he could slot into if Pedro's in a game where he's basically been running his butt off I think Willian can slot there and give you the same kind of effort but for shorter amounts of time
1: yeah I'd agree with you there Willian has been very effective as a sub although Fabregas also was pretty effective as a oh, sub yeah. well, awesome and, it, and um, his price
2: tag at 7.0 is pretty 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 tasty if you're looking for somebody both for the first of them month. are
1: that, that's yep. that's one of the reasons I find that interesting well we'll get to the guys that I like that are a bit underpriced here in a second so, what about guys you, you do you like Guys, I do like uh, lots of midfielders for me.
2: Uh, Wilfred Zaha, seven I think there's more to be juiced out of there. I think that Crystal Palace under De Boer is probably gonna, you know, I, I don't think he's, the De Boer system is gonna is gonna help him a lot, but I think Zaha is gonna develop into a player that's gonna develop in his system better. Uh, another guy I like, uh, I like West Brom's first three games, so I'm I'm looking at Matty Phillips at six That's a that's that's definitely a bargain for me. And um, the guy I like on defense is. Uh, Look, I know he's 5.0, but if you're looking for an Arsenal defender that's an initial buy right away, it's Rob Holding because, like I just said, Koscielny is out at 5.0 for Holding. That's good.
1: Yeah, the, the Koscielny also with the triangles that you mentioned. Um, yeah. For me, some players that I think are a little overpriced. First of all, a, a uh, round of applause for a lot of the forward rankings. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I agree a it could be a little high, but because of name value, kind of like the Lukaku thing, I'm not surprised by it. I think they pretty much nailed them um, in that, like, Aguero, while similar ability wise, arguably, you know, he's probably better than Kane in real life. Um, but he can't stay on the pitch, just like when Liverpool fans, like, last year were still telling me that Sturge was better than Kane. I was like, mm-hmm. let me know when he plays because yeah. we haven't exactly. seen that in quite some time. But um, for uh, forwards, I think that the Aguero question with Gabriel Jesus being there. Drops mm-hmm. him a point. I think that's absolutely fair. You have Lukaku. 11.5 may be a little high, but moving to Manchester United, you already said he's the hot name. That's why he's so heavily owned at the moment. I, I just uh, think that they nailed the forwards a whole lot. The yeah. midfield, oh, and by the way, there's a huge drop. There's a 1.5 drop in mm-hmm. forward ranks, which is incredible. Yeah. I, I don't know if we've ever seen that big a gap. I'm yeah. just like, these are clearly the top guys. Here's everyone else. Well, um, the, the- the funny thing about
2: that is it goes from Diego Costa at 10.0 right. and then it goes to Mitchy Batshuayi at 8.5. I mean, so <laughs> which is kind of which is kind of weird and crazy. That feels it. poetic. It really does.
1: Um, so for me, I already mentioned some defenders. Uh, a couple that are overpriced that aren't heinously priced, but are too much for me to be interested in. You know, we talked about on the draft show how I liked Patrick van Anholt and Martin Olsen. I think they're mm-hmm. fairly similar players in what they provide for their teams in real life and also for your fantasy side and creating a whole lot of chances. Uh, unfortunately, both at 5-5... Five, five, oh, wait, no, I think Olsen's at 5 oh. Crap. I should have had that page up when I started talking about this. But um regardless, Ols- I mean... Olsen's 5 oh. Right, but Swansea are going to keep fewer clean sheets than Crystal Palace. So I feel like yeah. value-to-helpfulness ratio is pretty similar there. And those are both pretty disappointing. I, Alfie Mawson is also at 5-0. Uh, they basically just blew up all of the sleeper guys in defense mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just gave them really high value. <laughs> Weirdly, forgot to do that for Newcastle, where you have Yedlin, who does that a whole lot. You have Kieran Clark, who uh, a Newcastle friend of mine was saying you know is, is the main target on a lot of their set pieces. As you know, Dwight Gale is not a particularly large forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have players that I think are interesting. Um, then you have players like Dunk uh, at Brighton, who obviously is a threat on those set pieces as well. But yeah, I think Patrick van Anholt and uh Olsen are just a touch too rich for my blood unfortunately <laughs> for midfielders. Um you remember last year uh, there were a whole bunch of 10.0s mm-hmm. and nobody knew what to do with them. It was uh Martial and Ericsson and Mares and uh, yeah. there was somebody but there were like 5 of them and all of them had question marks going into the year. <laughs> this year it's the 8.5 midfielders for me. Salah, Mares, Sané, Sigurdsson maybe not, but you jumped down to Pedro. Uh, at eight sterling at eight silva at eight the other city silva at eight um then all of the united guys that you already mentioned that whole eight to nine range i have so many question marks about including uh mo salah uh up at 9.0 i i don't feel confident with them i actually ended up taking better forwards out of my team in in one draft and then mm-hmm. later took out alexis who if he's at uh, arsenal or city should be in your team, probably. <laughs> but the issue is deciding what to do with your third midfielder. And I ended up feeling really uncomfortable with a lot of players in that range. So I bumped up um, to be able to fit Catinho in there. <laughs> but everybody below that, like I said, Salah... I don't know how he fits into that team. Mara's coming off a down year. Sane, is he gonna get the minutes? Sigurdsson, where is he gonna end up? Can he repeat what he did last year? Because his chances created to assist ratio was insane. Pedro, mm-hmm. minutes, sterling minutes, Silva, minutes, Bernardo Silva, minutes, Martial minutes, McTarian minutes. These are huge issues for like mm-hmm. an entire stretch of midfielders.
2: Yeah, walk walk minutes.
1: You can keep going even into the 7.5. You can do you so. can do it with Sun minutes. Son's going to be hurt. Now Lamella's back in play. Where's Barkley going to be? Is yeah. Klassen going to be starting every day for Everton? Yeah. Lalana. Antonio right. gets hurt. Cazorla's always hurt. It, it's, a, it's a huge issue in the midfield ranks. There's you know I, I mentioned that there's a 1.5 gap in price among the forwards. But you can see the value in all of them. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. this, this huge chunk of midfielders... Where you have no idea what you're getting. And there are too many options for you to feel confident gambling and getting it right. It's it's big name, big club, <laughs>
2: bad, you know, big name, big club, price tags is right. what it is. You and, know, and, you're, sh- you're, buying, you're buying your purse at Marshalls because it's, you know, damaged goods.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think one of the big issues is that all of the big clubs are back in the Champions League again. That's so true. there's so much depth because people are trying to compensate for two competitions that you just don't know how these teams are going to end up. I mean, fortunately... United, Chelsea, and Tottenham tend to reach settled 11s and just kind of roll with them. Mm -hmm. But we don't know that yet. We don't know who are in those 11s. So for now, it's just a very, very frustrating mid-tier. And I feel like you either have to go kind of uh, upper middle class with your midfielders, so like 10s and 9s, -hmm. or you have to be willing to go like 12, 8, 6s and 5s. Like, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to go, like, high, high, medium, low, low, like a lot of people did last year. It just, it just doesn't feel – I just don't feel confident in that. If Mictarian starts every match, he'd be a steal at eight. And, and I think that that is an interesting point about this. I don't want to come off as, like, too negative. A lot of these players could end up being really interesting. Oh, totally. If they're the ones that lock down their jobs. Like I said, if McTarion ends up being the player he was in – uh Dortmund where he was the assist leader in the Bundesliga eight is mm-hmm. a steal if Pogba remembers how to score goals like he did at UVA, he's a steal same with Silva and Sterling and Sané S- S- Sigurdsson stays at Swansea <laughs> and keeps scoring every free kick he takes but the problem is for your first team of the year you want to be confident in the players you're bringing in and I feel like this entire stretch of players you can't feel that confident in
2: no I I, I completely agree I think it's that this is – everybody's making drafts upon drafts and upon drafts. And you know we're a month away from the, the beginning of the season where the season kicks off on a Friday. Leicester versus Arsenal, August 11th. So keep tuned for that. We're going to
1: – Oh, we'll, yeah. Be sure to set your lineups on that Friday.
2: <laughs> yep. So yep. Well, that's
1: your that's your first warning. Scott,
2: <laughs> first warning from Smokey is the first game, the game is August 11th. Um, yeah. So, I mean, everybody's going to basically roster basically every person possible – and their drafts up to the first game week. They're gonna they're gonna manipulate their roster, they're gonna spend heavy on forwards, they're gonna shift that off and go cheap on forwards and expensive to the midfield, and then they're gonna figure out their least favorite five defenders and probably go with those and then basically spend nine million on goal. That's basically what's gonna happen. Yeah. But but uh, I mean I when we get to our team rosters, I kind of I kinda of went shifty across the middle and then expensive up top. Only just like this is my first I haven't touched it. This is my first you know draft i haven't done it since then i was like i'm going with my initial thinking here so i'm gonna go with that
1: yeah um yes uh so players that i think are undervalued uh i already mentioned yedlin at 4.5 five. could newcastle just be an absolute garbage defense yeah it's entirely possible but last year we had two good defenses come up who were very high up in the championship goals allowed statistic this year (laughs) newcastle and brighton i think were level on goals allowed with the best defense in the championship so i'm willing to give him a go from everything i've heard he developed really well last season actually can put a decent cross in which is something he was sorely lacking the year before um so i think yedlin is is well priced you and i were talking about how interesting zuma would be yeah on our draft show yesterday at five five not as interesting as he could have yeah, been I, but the I, chelsea yeah. loney that is interesting is Loftus Cheek, <laughs> who just went to Crystal Palace and only has Jason Punchin in his way. And that is not a particularly tall task for me. No, um, no. Also at 4-5, w- weirdly, midfield is the position where you have some of these bargain bin guys because Tommy Carroll, now that they've sold Jack Cork, is probably yeah. starting every week. Yeah, He got 16
2: um, starts last year. Yeah, so, I mean, so- he's...
1: Yeah, so there's definitely value in a couple of those uh, cheap midfielders <laughs> up front. I like Dwight Gale uh, at six point five. Is it possible they buy a striker uh, and all of a sudden he doesn't matter anymore? Sure, but there are a lot of forwards uh, in that range that I really don't mind. I think I saw uh, Dini was in there. You have Dini at six yeah. yeah, you have uh, Austin and Gabagoo right around there. Yeah, you have Andre Gray around there. Like, <laughs> like I said, I, I honestly feel like they basically nailed the forward ranks. Like yeah. everybody, and if they aren't within the 0.5 that you expected, they're all in the right tiers. Like nobody's mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, you have Giroud, I think he was at 8.5, if memory serves. Yeah, um, he's in
2: with uh, Bashiwai.
1: Right, which feels high because for both of them, that feels high unless they meet, unless they move. Mm-hmm. If Giroud goes to West Ham and he's starting every week, 8.5 all of a sudden is very good value. If Bashiwai is starting every week for Chelsea, that is undervaluing him yeah um absolutely. but yeah like I said I, I I really like the way they did the forwards um, and the fact that there are so many six five guys that are interesting will make it really easy for people to either go high high low or high medium low depending on again how how mm-hmm. high price you want your third midfielder to be um, yeah, 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 I, yeah I really like that that whole class is six five I don't know why they weren't able to figure that out about the midfielders but for the forward ranks mm-hmm. nailed it love it gale in particular i really like if dean bounces back at six five that's great if austin wins that job that's great um so yeah i, I like <laughs> i like the low price of that whole tier you know what even i've 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 had to learn to be a bit more shy about this because for some reason uh everybody in the Togger room hates crystal palace for some reason but Benteke at eight is not bad wasn't he seven five last year he had a he yeah, had a decent year i mean obviously he had stretches without goals but all you have to do is learn to ride the hand. I mean, people had been telling me for years that Coutinho was a great fantasy player, and that's only in five-game stretches. So why Benteke mm-hmm. doesn't get that uh, benefit of the doubt, I'm not quite sure. Um, uh, I've, uh, I felt like Townsend and Zaha were maybe a little high. What was Zaha, seven? Seven. That's that's eh, about right. It's not bad. Wasn't he like 5-5 five, five last year, though? Yeah, 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, so he, he got a big old pay hike, but uh, price hike, but yeah yeah all in all not too upset with uh where a lot of these guys landed um so uh time to get into our first draft um i admittedly have not looked at a whole bunch of matchup stuff uh but we will actually talk through some of our picks instead of just <laughs> regurgitating them like we do in the middle of the season when we only have like two minutes left of the show <laughs> Like, here's my team go um <laughs> yeah so uh rob we'll lead in with you uh you mentioned this is truly your first draft i admittedly am am on my like second or third um but uh who, who have you uh gone with on your gut well
2: i mean like i said you basically are investing nine million in the goal so you basically are picking two options that you think one is good for now and one is good maybe down the road so you're looking at maybe just the first couple couple matches I went with uh, Wayne Hennessy. Now that Mandanda Mandanda is not in in the way, I think Hennessy is going to be there. Crystal Palace' first game is against Huddersfield at home. I like it. I kind of love it. I think Huddersfield is not going to put up much of a fight this year. They don't really seem to be screaming that they're effective. I know they have a ton of transfers, but in that'll you know make their team shinier. But I don't think they're going to offer much. Uh, I also I paired him up with. uh, with Ben Foster from West Brom at uh, 4.5. West Brom also has three cheeky fixtures to begin the year so I'm looking at that setting up my goal, goal ranks for at least first couple and then basically playing the hot hand you know I think Ben Foster is probably going to be one of the most owned goalies to begin the year they start off Bournemouth, Burnley, Stoke Brighton, West Ham in their first five. Those are some pretty decent fixtures for a team that does play a defend, defend, a good defensive unit so defensively is where I kind of just you know threw them together, and I kind of went a little bit of matchup and a little bit of you know first instinct. Uh, I went with Lindelof, Cedric, Rob Holding, Adriana Mariappa as my four buck Chuck and Craig Dawson from West Brom. Lindelof, I think, is the United defender that I think he gets in pretty much most of the games to start the year. I think I think Josie brought him in to play. Uh, me and Kevin are on the both of the same page that we think that United is going to get the most clean sheets yeah. at five five. He is not. He's my most expensive defender, but you got to buy. You got to pay to get in in the official game. Uh, Cedric is kind of my matchup play here. He's got three pretty good fixtures the first three weeks: Swansea, West Ham, Huddersfield. At uh, 5.0, he's not going to kill you. He could end up on the end of a, an assist, or you know, clean sheets are probably going to be two out of the three. I would think. Uh, Rob Holding, I mentioned before, with with Koscielny out, I think Holdings has a spot for the first couple weeks. Arsenal's matchups are not awful. Leicester, Stoke, Liverpool. You could probably play him on a rotational basis. Maybe against Stoke. Maybe against Leicester if you don't think they have the the attack firepower. Uh, Mariappa is my four dollar de- four dollar defender. Uh, who knows? You know, with Marco Silver there, he could you know turn defensive things into you know you know a grandma's quilt. Who knows? Uh, Craig Dawson, I I love him. I think that he's very underrated. We've talked about him on other shows. Uh, I think McCauley. He's probably going to be the most owned defender there, uh, but look at what McCauley did last year, and I think he only scored 18 or 20 more points in than Craig Dawson last year, mm-hmm. even with all the goals that Gareth McCauley and the assists that he did get. Uh, so through the midfield, I got Wilfred Zaha. Uh, I love him at 7.0. I think there's more to, more to come. I know his price tag has gone up, but I think there's going to be more there, more goals to come. Uh, I got Matt Phillips at 6.0. I mm-hmm. I like West Brom. I like
1: West Brom. Oh wow! Uh, Neither of us talked about him as being underpriced. How is Matt Phillips only 6.0? Just because he was hurt for the second half? I I said I mentioned him as my. Oh underpriced. well, I certainly yep. should have mentioned him more because yeah, he's my love yeah. child. Yeah, I mean at 6.0 with
2: West Brom's first three fixtures, uh, Bournemouth, Burnley, Stoke. You can Wait, even aren't go. Are they further. all
1: six zero? Phillips, Shadley, and uh, J Rod.
2: Yeah.
1: They interesting.
2: Are. Yeah, and then my. Uh, so I like Phillips at 6.0 with West Brom's first couple games. Uh, mm-hmm. It's It looks cheeky at $6. You're, you're not going to break the bank. Uh, for my most expensive midfielder, I went 9.5. I went Del Ali. I think that what we saw last year is basically – I'm not saying that's the most we're going to get, but I think it's probably plus or minus two goals and assists in each way for him every year. I think that he's probably at 9.5, one of the better buys through the midfield if you're not paying up for Alexis Sanchez, which I currently didn't. Because I went heavy on forwards in my first draft. Call me crazy, call me whatever. And then my last my last two defenders, I went Manuel Lanzini at West Ham, kind of have a little love thing for mm-hmm. Manuel Lanzini at 7.0. I think that he could probably sneak his way into a more advanced role and more goals than you know he's shown in the in the past. And then my my throwaway midfielder, I, I kinda have a love affair with Granite Chaka this year. I I've, I've mentioned him on, on draft formats, mm-hmm. I mentioned him all over the place at 5.5 he's going to be playing every game, every minute that he possibly can, uh, at five to five, like I said, he's not going to kill you. And basically anything after five dot in midfielders is kind of like blah, except for maybe, you know, Ruben Re- left a sheet that Kevin mentioned before. <laughs> hmm. Uh, so in the forwards is where I spent my money. I'll start with Harry Kane, 12.5. Uh, you, you can't go wrong. He's the best striker in the game. And it's the reason he's the most expensive pl- price player. Uh, I will I save the last one I'll save the other, my second highest price guy for la, for for last. I went Roberto Firmino at 8.5. I think Liverpool's uh, guys through the midfield. you look at the comparative prices, M- M- Mosala is 9.0, Sane is 9.5 and Coutinho is 9 is 9.0 as well. You're basically buying Firmino at 5, you know, you know, half a buck cheaper than all three midfield options. I know that he didn't produce point-wise what they did last year, but look at the point totals. It's not really that much different and at point five, it's I'd rather have a forward at at Liverpool, a forward eligible player at Liverpool, than try to invest in one midfielder at Liverpool. Hmm. Uh, my last guy, I, I kind of love him only because I, I I know Sergio Aguero is is priced at eleven five, but I think Gabriel Jesus at ten five, given City's first couple fixtures, is gonna be the guy. He's going to be the first guy to go up 0.5 this year. That's my prediction. He'll be the first guy to go up 0.5 in price by – you know. The fr- I say he gets there by week three because mm-hmm. they have Brighton, Everton, and Bournemouth in their first three games. Um, the Brighton game is at Brighton. That game could get ugly quick. I'm not saying it's going to get Nap- the Napoli game that we just saw ugly today <laughs> at 17 nothing where they had three <laughs> guys score hat-tricks and one guy with six, um, but – it could get ugly quick. I'm not saying – Brighton might play nine defenders in that game and one one striker. Um, but I, li- I like what Gabriel Jesus is going to do. I think that when we start seeing what's what with City and how they line up further into the season, it will become more obvious of who you're going to own. You're not going to own Jesus and Aguero at the same time, I don't think. I think he'd be a crazy person to do that. That's a big allocation of money mm-hmm. for goals on one team. Um, but we'll find out later where the rotation, where the goals are. Um, I think the beginning of the year, I think they're probably both going to play next to each other. That's just maybe a, yeah, yeah. me throwing spitball in, in the dark there.
1: Well, that's how they ended last year. So it makes yeah, sense.
2: I, th- I think it happens. I think that's you know, I think Sterling or you know someone in the the recess role is going to be the, the guy to to lose minutes. But I mean, when you have Gabriel Jesus and you have Sergio Aguero up top. Uh, you really can't go wrong. And and the prices dictate that because look at their prices. I mean, they're basically th- three of the top five highest priced – or two of the ho- top five priced highest uh, forwards. So, yeah, that was great English. <laughs> uh, no. Thanks for sticking with me. But, um, yeah, so, that, so that's my team. I don't have any money in the bank. It's kind of breaking my first rule this year. I kind of want to keep a couple – maybe like a million in the bank at all times just in case. To, you know, good real-life
1: so, advice as well. It's always, it's always good to have money in the kitty just in case. Mm-hmm um yeah i I think there's a lot of merit to your team, and I think you'll find this uh some similar thinking on both of our teams um for me uh starting at the back, I did something that I don't usually do I don't usually do a price dump goalkeeper I usually like to rotate um but the reason I was able to do that this year uh is because of Fraser Forster, whose first five matches are pretty much cakewalks mm-hmm. um uh, my computer is not cooperating right now. Swansea,
2: West Ham, Huddersfield, Watford, Crystal Palace.
1: There you go. So that's a that's a pretty good run. Uh, Rob Elliott is my 4.0 price dump goalkeeper. Like I said, don't usually do that, but I'm willing to just ride these first five weeks with Forster and see what he can do. I still think he's one of the best uh, shot stoppers in the Premier League. Sometimes his movement is a little question marky. Um, but assuming that Van Dyke is probably there for the first couple of matches of the season anyway, Mm -hmm. uh that makes him interesting I've paired him with Cedric in my back line who I think is very much slept on as a player in the Premier League as well as uh in fantasy although he did not have as big a fantasy year last year as we would have liked but he looked really good for Portugal um in the Confederations Cup and he's a player I rate highly and (laughs) I think can really bounce on this year uh under Pellegrino um my big priced uh Defender is Toby Alderweireld at 6.0. Now, you mentioned Lindelof at 5.5, who I did think was really interesting. But like like that whole stretch of eight midfielders, mm-hmm. I kind of feel that way about a lot of the 5.5 defenders where I'd almost rather either spend more or spend less. It just kind of felt kind of, kind of purgatory to me, like the Liverpool guys and the City guys. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I just couldn't buy in on it. I think every other uh, United defender is in there as well. Like Smalling and Blint and uh, Darmian and all those guys. I just want to see how that shapes out first. Um, yeah, absolutely. So you know, I'm, Luke I'm, Shaw I'm,
2: Luke Shaw's in there too at 5.0.
1: Which but, could be interesting considering there are reports today saying he could win his job back. All of a sudden, Luke Shaw would be a baller. Um, yeah, I think the article was written by Luke Shaw's mom. <laughs> it may well have been. Uh, it wasn't written by Jose Mourinho, that's for sure. But yeah, so I, I've just gone Toby Alderweireld for the safety net of it. Yeah. Um, starting with Newcastle and the Chelsea matches were up, but then things get a lot easier for Tottenham from then on out. Um, and you know what you're getting. Yeah, Should he, Should he have scored more goals last year? Yeah, for sure. Um, he had the opportunities. But at 6-0, call it a day. I think not only do we both agree that United probably end up with the the most clean sheets, two and three are Tottenham and Chelsea in some order. Um, So as long as you can get those guys in, uh, I think it's definitely worth it uh, from that standpoint. So yeah, I like Toby. (laughs) I've talked about Yedlin like seven times on the show, so you can probably guess he's in there at four or five. Uh, Adam Smith, I'm big on. This is going to be a huge argument between us all year because they're the same price coming in. Uh, Charlie Charlie Daniels Daniels and Adam Smith. Charlie Daniels, of course, scoring the goals. Adam Smith, of course, offering more of the assists. Uh, goals are worth more assists, so you'd think I'd land on that side of it, but I, I don't know. There's just something about Adam Smith that I, I, I gravitate towards. My price dump defender, again, something I don't typically do, uh, but just because of the the uh, raise in all these prices, just kind of forced my hand a little bit here thus far. Of course, these aren't locked tomorrow, but as we stand, uh, my 4.0 punt defender is Anhel Ronhill, who is a uh, Kyle an injury away from starting every week, even though he's significantly lost pace and ability. Um, in my midfield, like I said, I would have loved to have fit Alexis in here. And, and assuming he stays in the Premier League with the Bayern and Juve links dying down, uh, probably going to be Arsenal or City, you got to figure he's a must-own. But like I said, he puts you in a real bad spot with that third midfielder. So my most expensive midfielder is Kevin De Bruyne, I've said before, I don't like the look of the city midfield just because we don't know where it's going to land. The fact that they already have Sané and Sterling. Sterling was struggling for minutes. Now you bring in Bernardo Silva. Is he going to battle more with David Silva? He can play on the right wing. Is he going to try to take that slot? If you're playing two wingers, are you playing two forwards as well with Aguero and uh, uh, Gabriel Jesus? So a lot of that gets complicated. And we've seen Aguero get dropped for Jesus in the past. The one player Mm -hmm. that I feel like is going to start. It may not be in the role you want. They may shunt him out on the right wing like they did his first year in the Premier League. But I feel like De Bruyne is going to play.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think and, I think De Bruyne is a is a great investment. If if you want the anti Alexis Sanchez move for a high-priced midfielder, it's it's Kevin De Bruyne and then Adela Ali probably one two for me.
1: Well, convenient that you say that, because Della Ali is my second most expensive midfielder. At mm-hmm. 9.5, you already raised some really good points. Few players in the Premier League offer the goal and assist threat that, uh, Della Ali does, especially in this price range. Um, I mean, you have Mane in there, but he's more of the goal scorer. You have Otso in there, but he's more of the assister. Even Ericsson mm-hmm. leans heavily towards assists. Yeah. Um, definitely. so the fact that Della Ali was 10-10 plus, um, wait, did he end up being 15-15 plus? No, he may have had like 14 assists or something annoying. Oh, no, 18 and 11. But yeah, was... still, almost 30 goals uh, that he contributed towards make him obviously a, a devastating threat. And the most important thing, the most important takeaway from fantasy from last year for Tottenham is that Della Ali and Hyungmin Sun were capable of turning in points when Kane was out.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: we hadn't seen Kane out before last season. He hadn't yep. missed a match. Uh, and so the fact that we have that and that bad Kane matches, even when Kane is playing, Bad Kane matches do not equal bad Della Ali matches. I think is huge um, because Kane does have struggles sometimes. I mean, you mentioned why would anybody have questions about Kane? I, the fact that he struggles to start seasons is a. Mm-hmm. It's not a. Uh, hmm. What word did I want? It just escaped me as I was speaking. Um, it's not an insignificant one. The fact that he tends to start a little bit slower. So the fact that Del Ali can go out. Uh, and basically get his points, get his performances out there, regardless uh, I think is crucial for him and and you you and I said, because as these uh fantasy prices were being released by the uh official game, we just kept seeing them and we like, are like, is our budget gonna be one ten? How are we yeah. gonna fit all these players in but remember when Della Lee was announced, we were like that okay, that is that, doesn't the, sound bad. that is the correct price um, so yeah have him in as well. <laughs> Leap continue I have question marks about at nine dot I do think he takes a big step up this year. Uh, he's He has been getting more consistent over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, he is not as mercurial as he has been in the past, where you just get like a 20-point game and then a zero-point game. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm still questioning. Like I said, I'm really uncomfortable with my third midfielder at basically any point. But starting with Watford and Palace, I think, is enough of a test for me. Then he hits Arsenal and City. So if he doesn't really perform in those first two matches... Then you move yeah. on to any of these other options. Maybe in those two weeks, there's been an injury at one of the other clubs or somebody's clearly taken the job uh, in their grasp. Like, say, Mkhitaryan starts the first two weeks. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, that's really interesting. If Pogba scores a goal, stuff like that. If Sigurdsson's still at Swansea. And after the first two weeks is about when the uh, deadline day is going to be. So we'll also yep. have a better feel about what these teams will look like at least through January. So, um, But for now, starting with Coutinho, I like him a lot more than Salah. Mane's flag on him is concerning to me that 0.5 it's more than i can even remember in past years like 0.5 was killing me like i i wanted to drop down in defense from one of my 5.0 guys down to uh 4.5 and just like couldn't make it work um but anyway uh so coutinho 9.0 he is what it is he's a very good premier league player will he provide the goals to back the assists only time will really tell. My 6.0, Maddie Phillips, you and I both love him. He's fit again. I have no qualms about him at all. I honestly think it might be better for him if it's Rondon up front, just because he's so good at heading the ball. Um, so Phillips can can whip in crosses like that. But regardless, with Jay Rodriguez, they'd have a much better counter-attacking side. With Solomon Rondon, he'd have a much bigger target of a forehead to aim at. Um, but regardless, I feel like 6.0 has way undercut what he provided last year when he was fit. Uh, and in midfield, uh, I've gone with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I've just swapped him and Tom Carroll basically the three times I've made a team. <laughs> just, which one of them is it going to be? Um, I, I think I may end up landing on Carroll. I, I, the difference is consistency versus upside. Tom yeah. Carroll is probably going to start every week for Swansea unless they make another move. Uh, they did bring in Roque Mesa, um, which probably replaces Cork, but do you really believe in... Leroy Fair consistently, or do you believe in Keesung Young consistently? Not anymore. No. This isn't this, no. <laughs> this isn't two years ago. This isn't um,
2: 2013.
1: Exactly. Leroy Fair is a substitute, by the way. Does very <laughs> well. Um, but I think Tom Carroll starts most of the matches. The interesting thing is, will Loftus-Cheek be starting every week? The point of your fifth midfielder is that you don't have to worry about that. But when you're setting up a team, you'd obviously try to prefer... Um, somebody that is going to be playing every week in case somebody drops out. Mm-hmm. Um, in forward, <laughs> I know I just bashed Kane, but I have him in a lot uh, as a placeholder because uh, taking up that 12.5 from your budget means that I can swap in Alexis. Lexus yep. at any point if I want to, right? If I want to downgrade, then that will be my money in the bank, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Harry Kane is my equivalent of rich guys buying expensive watches abroad changing countries, then selling it when they get there so they don't have to carry cash with them. That is that is what Harry Kane is to me. <laughs> Obviously, the yeah. first match is Newcastle, which you got to like. Um, I think the second match is Chelsea, which you like a little bit less. Um, but kind of like Coutinho, we should have a sense by that second week. Is this going to be the Kane missing everything that we've done the past couple of years? Or will he start brightly? Uh, and if he starts well, you have the most expensive player in the game. So mm-hmm. any, if you ever want to sell out, if you ever need to generate more revenue, you sell one player. And <laughs> depending on how far you drop, you could create anywhere from one if you just drop down to Lukaku or Aguero to like four if you drop down to Benteke. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think whether or not Kane ends up being in my team week one is debatable. I, I think a lot of this is preseason, which, by the way, we haven't mentioned yet. But keep an eye on preseasons for injuries, for form. I know that they aren't one to one. Comparisons, But you can tell if a player looks in the mood um, in the preseason, <laughs> like Napoli, which you mentioned. Um, I also brought in Firmino. He had 11-11 last season. The move to forward hurts him uh, points-wise, but that's also why he's been decreased price-wise. Um, so I feel like that's that's a fair evaluation of what he is. I feel like Liverpool are, are going to have a lot of goals in them. Um, mm-hmm. So I really don't mind Firmino in at 8.5. I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that... Whether or not he starts super-owned, which he's not. He's less than 20% owned right now. I think he'll really pick up a whole lot of ownership because he'll just probably be involved in a lot of stuff. Whether or not he's the one actually finishing will be frustrating, especially as a forward. You don't want your forward getting assists every week instead of goals, but uh, he'll probably be getting points every week, and that's obviously important. And At 8.5, you're willing to take that risk. My 6.5, I already mentioned, Dwight Gale. Scored 23 goals in the championship last year. Obviously was not that player at Crystal Palace before he went down to the championship. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he adjusts. But basically this sets me up with the choice every week of Gale, Loftus, Cheek, or a fourth defender. Either Yedlin or Smith. So I, I'm I'm comfortable with that going into the season. Is this going to be the team I end up with? Eh, maybe. But uh, this, was, this was what I ended up on at least today uh, without diving too deep into... Metric stuff. But uh, that's where I ended up. And uh, that'll do us for today for the first show, launch day of the official fantasy Premier League game. Uh,
2: Wait, I, I, got, well, I got one more thing I want. Okay.
1: Who do, you think, who do you think will make a
2: first week prediction since the game just opened? Okay. Most owned player, any
1: position, first week, first game week. I think it's going to be Lukaku, man. Starting at 50%, it is going to take a lot of movement for him to drop. It,
2: it makes sense. Ibrahimovic was the most owned player preseason last year. Was he?
1: That makes yep. sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the big name at a new club. It, it's just such an allure. If Benteke yeah. got hurt, I'd probably go Lacazette. Yeah. Um,
2: for me, I think it's. I think you're probably right on with with uh with lukaku i think lukaku is the is the guy it's either lukaku or, or I, I don't think everybody's going to be buying into sanchez because i think they're waiting to see if he actually leaves
1: yeah and we might not know by the time the season starts yeah exactly which is a huge issue but and you know i <laughs> i've seen a lot of people say is he even going to be fit for the first week of the season uh, let me answer that for you uh, yeah yeah he's fine <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. There was an international break where he got hurt in his game for Arsenal, flew away with Chile, and everybody was freaking out. Then he Mm -hmm. started both of those matches, came back, and started for Arsenal. He played like four matches in like 14 days while allegedly being hurt. He is a freaking machine. So that's not my concern, as you said. The concern is what's going on transfer-wise and where is that going to land. But like I said, uh, thanks for joining us on... Uh, The official launch of the Fantasy Premier League Day, although when you're hearing this, I guess it will have been yesterday. I'm going to stop talking now. Tell them where they can reach you. (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie,
2: or you can find my writings and stylings on com.
1: Yeah, and I am your other host, Kevin DeVries. Uh, check out our pals over at PlayTaga, who we just did a four-series run of. If you're looking at your iTunes feed, it's the four before this one. Uh, so if you're ever playing any draft formats, I know the official game is going to be launching a draft-style one that we haven't really talked about. Um, a lot of that information will be useful for both, so uh, if you're interested in that at all, be sure to give that a listen. Um, I write for Goal.com, so be sure to check that out. Where We're going with three to four a week. Uh, did a Lukaku piece already this week. Did a preview on three Newcastle players you should look at. Uh, and am going to get another one out this week. Yet to be determined. I have two ideas that I'm working on concurrently. And I'm not sure which one is going to be done first. But be sure to go over to Goal.com and click the gaming tab. And you can find all the fantasy stuff under that heading. Uh, also, uh, the EPL Roundtable will return this weekend with how we start every year. Which is with uh, the uh, representative from each of the three clubs that have been promoted so a little bit of an introduction to those three uh, yeah so those are uh, the majority of things coming up i'm sure as always i'm missing something but huge thanks to rob uh happy launch day again to everybody at home and we hope you keep listening peace